Welcome to Fruit Bowl, an oral history of queer sex. Masculine tops, power bottoms, butch girls, femme boys, bears, otters, unicorns. There's no shortage of labels that queer people use to describe different sexual identities and preferences. But how do we navigate that horny, thorny path between realizing we're queer and deciding which boxes to check when filling out our dating profiles? Fruit Bowl features first-person stories that explore the unique ways we develop our sexual identities by sharing the sometimes messy, always fascinating, real-life sex histories of queer people. Our first introduction to sex, the embarrassing moments we'd like to forget, and the reliable bedroom moves that we've discovered along the way. Basically, all the stuff we wish we'd known when we first came out. Interviews are edited for clarity and brevity because we all know how much we love to talk about ourselves. Thanks for listening. Let's begin. Welcome to Fruit Bowl, an oral history of queer sex. I'm your host, Dave, and co-hosting with me today is Tyler. Hi. (laughs) Um, Tyler, your interview was in episode six of this first season. So we've already heard a lot about your exploits <laughs> and your history. Oh, yes. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> so today our theme for our lunchtime poll is what is the most unique or unusual place you've had sex? My most unusual place to have sex would have been, because I've had sex at the at, like in an alley, but then I've definitely had sex on like the beach. Not that fun. Yeah, no, that's way overrated. It beach, really beach sand, sand sand is horrid. Gets everywhere. Yes, it's not. It is not like I thought it was cool and hot, and I was like, nope, this is fucking shitty. Yeah, this is too much chafing with or without lube. It did not matter. <laughs> and don't get in the water. It doesn't make it better. No. Um, the alley. I guess the alley would be like one of the weirdest places that I've had sex. Tell but me I've about had, the alley. So the alley was just like a drunken night of like. I went out to the bar, and I got way too drunk. Was that here in Seattle? It was here in Seattle, and I got a little drunk too fast, and this cute boy decided to follow me home, and I was like, oh, you're cute. I got some time. And I pulled him into an alley and started making out with him, and then bent him over and just went to town. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like, what made you decide to do it right then and there as compared to bringing him home? Uh I did not live at a place where I could take people home. Okay. Yeah. So. This guy didn't want to host either. I guess not. I just, I guess he wanted to get (laughs) fucked in the alley and he didn't say no and he didn't seem like he was upset about it. (laughs) And I think we were both consenting at that point. Yeah. Maybe looking back, we probably would have done it on the backside of the dumpster where it's not visible from the street instead of visible from the street. But isn't part of the fun of having outdoor sex the potential that you might get caught yeah that's the potential i love i love that oh somebody might walk by but we i probably wouldn't have noticed if they were walking by yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah an alley would have been the weirdest place i guess a diving board mm. would have been my second oh wow yeah that takes some balancing skill that was it was it was fine we were i was smaller back then i was <laughs> when i was younger so it was like during the introduction period of sex and learning and trying to educate myself of like, what am I into? What am I looking for? And had sex on the uh, diving board um, at my private lake that we had back home. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, I think our dads were running around fishing in some hole and we were on the diving board, which was higher up and could probably be seen by everybody else. (gasps) Wow. So yeah, public sex was a big thing for me. So I don't, 
I don't think Dumpster and Diving Boyd are weird places. I just think they're, we're here. Nobody's looking right now. Let's go. I think that sounds super fun. It is super I'm, fun. I'm super gels. Um, like, and if you're get, if somebody's walking up, you just roll over into the water mm-hmm. and then put your pants Good back strategy. on. Good strategy. Good strategy. We talked about it. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? Well, yeah. we're just going to roll off like we were wrestling. Okay, cool. <laughs> and what kind of sex did you have on the... It wasn't, it was no penetration. Yeah, it was just like, rubbing, it was just rubbing our penises back and forth on each other and yeah. like touching each other and making out. We hadn't quite figured out penetration. I don't think we knew about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did know about blowjobs, but I don't think either of us were doing about blowjobs there. I think we did blowjobs in the porta potty. Yeah. <laughs> just a lot of outdoor cringe places that are like, ew, I wouldn't do that. And I was like, I, I've done that already. <laughs> I've already had sex there. Now Places I'm you trying... won't have sex, I'll have sex there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of my places that I've had sex. Well, in sex clubs, which probably doesn't count. Um, oh, I mean, I think it counts. You had sex at a sex club. Yeah. I haven't done that. Oh, really? I just, I've only been to like three. Oh, okay. Well, just, I mean, you probably know this, but in sex clubs, there's public spaces and then there's private rooms. And yeah. I almost always get a private room, so I have the option to to have more privacy but yeah sometimes i'll be more of an observer during the public sex moments in in bathhouses it's it's, it's, it's fun to watch it's a good thing to watch does sort of like give people something to focus on so then you can kind of make a more clear evaluation of the different people who are there (laughs) i like what you're doing i like the way you thrust (laughs) right Mm, i don't like the way you're using too much teeth i'm out (laughs) Exactly. Get a peruse. It's window shopping. <laughs> it is like window shopping. <laughs> but then you can go into more private rooms if you have one too. Yeah. Um, but is, that's fair. You, yeah. You get your each is their own private room or public. I've had sex in bars that have like back rooms. Like in Europe, often bars have back rooms where you just go to to oh, get off with okay. people. Oh, so um, like a dark room? Yeah. Or yes. is it a, exactly a dark? It room? It is a dark room. Perfect. Yeah. I'm trying to think. That's... Oh, oh, I know my answer. Okay. Where is it? Where is well, it? When I was uh, in living in New York City, I was dating a guy who lived in um, the West Village. Okay. In, in a, a walk-up building along Perry Street. Mm-hmm. And one night he wanted us to have sex on the rooftop. Of okay. His building. So in, in New York, in, the, in, in that part of the town, there's often roof access as a Flat sort of... Flat uh, stuff. Yeah. yeah and the, it's meant to be you know open and i think legally it has to remain open for for fire purposes that way you can escape yeah yeah so we went up there one night and i distinctly remember fucking him on the rooftop while there were buildings all around us with people whose whose windows were lit up and I distinctly remember one person watching us while we were fucking. It's but nice. it's not like we were underneath a light. So if you were there in any of those adjacent buildings, you would have had to have looked for a while to actually see us do anything. Like, you know. So you weren't vocal? No. Oh. We were trying to keep quiet. I mean, that's part of the fun, right? Is that you're like, shh, don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Bite your lip. I think I might have even been covering his mouth okay now that's kind of hot <laughs> well as long as he could still say no <laughs> yes um he was definitely saying yes um because it was his ideas so i was like oh, okay yeah, we're doing this um i was gonna say he did initiate yeah it was fun i enjoyed it 
Um, I would do it again. Not that much opportunity here in Seattle. I guess there's rooftops, but they're more like communal areas. And we've already done that. There's rooftops to have sex on. <laughs> well, you would know. I would not know. <laughs> I do know. I was gonna say when you started talking about bars, I was like, oh, I forgot about. I had sex on top of a bar, uh, bar top, right in the main entryway. Oh wow. With the bartender, and it was after hours, and we forgot to lock the door. Mm. So then a patron that was coming back for getting their tab that forgot it, totally got to see a full eyeful of me on the bar. Wow. <laughs> Spread out. That's hot. And I also had sex on the pool table in the same bar. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, is, way more fun. fun than a back room. I don't like back rooms because they're too dark. Like... I need light. I gotta yeah. have sex with light. Or just natural light. I was like, mm, I mm-hmm. don't, it doesn't need to be extra, extra dark. No. Um, but that. yeah, dark rooms in, in bars in, in Europe especially are often pitch black so that you can't see anyone. Oh, and I haven't done that. So yeah. I, I don't really enjoy that part. I need to know who I'm going. Like if I'm going in with you and I'm holding your hand, I think I'd be okay with that. But yeah, no. That's, no. Sometimes, sometimes people like that anonymity, but I do not enjoy that well thank you for sharing your answers to your lunchtime poll if you want to share with us your most unique place you've had sex I like unique most unusual that your seems... favorite place to go have sex <laughs> <laughs> outside of your bedroom yes uh, share it with us uh, just tweet at us at fruit bowl pod and let us know your answer oh as an aside this just happens to be the last interview of season one this will be 18 interviews we've featured in the podcast. And so what that means exactly is that, yeah, these are just the the first round of interviews I did when I first started this project, even before I even had the idea of making the podcast. We're going to do one more podcast at the end of season one that's sort of a wrap-up and a best-of. Oh, I get that, yeah. Or it's just sort of going back into previous episodes and picking out highlights. I'm going to co-host that with my friend Jason and... Then that'll be the end of season one. And then we're going to go directly into season two. I'm not going to have a big break in between the seasons because I just have so many interviews I want to share. Yeah, it sounds like you've been busy. But the cool thing about season two and any interviews past that, they're expanded. So I've I've increased the number of questions I've asked since you and I spoke. Oh, okay. So cool. I go into a little bit more depth about people's background and and uh, have a few more questions uh, to sort of flesh out people's uh, history and get a little bit more detail. So I'm excited about sharing those those longer-form interviews. But the essential structure of the podcast will remain the same. There'll be a co-host, and we'll talk about the themes after we listen to the interviews. So that's what we're going to do now. Sweet. We're going to listen to Pete's, and uh, after that, we'll be back to talk about it. All right, here we go. Uh, my name is Pete. I am 43 years old, originally from Pennsylvania, Lancaster County. The first time I learned about sex was in elementary school, um, walking home after school with a bunch of friends. Probably maybe like the fourth grade is when I think I considered it. And some friends were talking about BJs. And I was like, what's a BJ? And everyone turned to me and, you know, gave me this look like, you don't know what a BJ is? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, it stands for blowjob. And I'm like, okay, so? And they're like, well, what do you think it is? And I'm like, I don't know. And 
through more teasing, I, I came to learn that it had to do with a penis and something that you did with it. And they're like, it's called a blowjob. So for the longest time, I thought sex meant you blow on my person. You like literally just... And that was fun and exciting for some reason. My dad was a health and physical education teacher. So the other time I remember learning about sex is when he sat me down on his bed in his room and basically gave me, you know, the birds and the bees sort of story um, and kind of told me the nitty gritty. Uh, I don't really remember much about that experience, but I do remember sitting in his red bedroom on his bed, feeling kind of weird about talking about sex. I think my mom probably made him do it. I don't think she wanted to tackle that subject, so, so he did. It wasn't a lesson on sex as much as where babies come from, right? It was about how you insert a penis into a vagina and then nine months later out pops a kid. Yeah, I don't think we talked about romance or passion or even really relationships or, or anything of that sort. I think it was very just nitty-gritty physical. I don't even recall talking about kissing or anything of that sort. I'm sure that I learned that just through television. It probably would have been those early 80s sitcoms like Facts of Life <laughs> and, and, you know, different strokes, you know, where... What, uh, what's his name? The young kid was like nearly molested by the neighbor guy. Like that one sticks in my brain as something that was really controversial and, and shocking to me. I had a crush with the neighbor boy who lived up the street. He kind of was dirty in lower class kind of, you know, and lived, you know, up at the end of the block. And we used to play together. We'd get together and go in the field and run around and stuff like that. And there was one time that I slept over. It was like a sleepover. And we slept in the same bed, like in our underwear, I think. Um, and we both popped boners and, you know, started to kind of touch them, play around with them. Um, and then at one point he reached over and basically like punched my penis really hard and it was painful. Like I was like in sheer utter pain and I got really, really pissed off at him for that. And I think it sort of ruined my crush because I thought he was an asshole. I was obsessed as a kid with the international mail catalog which, you know, I think I bought something once and then they just start coming like every other week or something like that. And I literally, next to my bed, had a stack of like international mail catalogs about this big. Um, and, you know, it's the same pictures over and over, and over again. But um, I looked forward to that arriving every single you know, week and paging through it and looking at all the underwear with the visible penis lines and all of that stuff. At the time, I think I just was sort of oblivious to the fact that, especially that, you know, it was a catalog of all dudes, I think I was oblivious to the fact that that was a weird thing or a controversial thing or a dangerous thing. Um, and so it, I didn't care, you know. Um, I definitely was interested in fashion and clothes and, and things like that. And my parents knew that. So I just sort of chalked it up as, hey, yeah, I'm just, you know, exploring, you know, the, the, the world of fashion as well as, you know, like Sears underwear catalogs, you know, things like that. I definitely looked in, in, in print media at first. And also then going to 
local newsstands and lingering over sort of like the plague boy and the plague girl sections and catching glimpses of that. I think I first masturbated like in the sixth or seventh grade, which I don't know if that's late or not. Well, I grew up in a very Lutheran sort of, you know, background. So going to church every Sunday and I, you know, masturbation wasn't a thing that one was supposed to do. So it definitely was a secret. Yeah, I don't remember ever talking to anyone about it. It's interesting because nobody teaches you how to masturbate. You just sort of figure it out. Or I guess maybe nowadays you sort of watch other people do it, you know, on the internet and stuff. But at that time that didn't exist. So... It was in the bathtub, taking a bath, and it started with myself, I think, just like rubbing, uh, uh, you know, turned turned over and rubbing against the the, the bathtub, Um, and, you know, that feeling good, and then realizing I could just manipulate it with my hand. It's interesting how naturally you just sort of, your hand goes there, and you just start manipulating it, and then it it feels good, and so you you explore that. Um, But I discovered in my parents' bedroom um, like this massaging tool, this thing that you plugged in that had like a special head and you were supposed to like massage your, your body with it. Um, but I discovered that if you put it on your dick, uh, this white stuff sort of would start bubbling up (laughs) and that felt good. So I explored that for a little while secretly when my parents went around, I would steal their massager and take it into my room. It was underneath sort of their bedside table. I don't really know what happened with that. I don't want to know. My first time having sex was technically 17 years old. It was a threesome with myself and a man and a woman, um, two friends of mine, in the backseat of my car, parked behind the mall at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, we, I was involved in a theater project at the time and the three of us were all actors in that. And after rehearsal one day, we just went for a ride in my car to the mall and parked and climbed in back and started like messing around. It was, you know, fun and interesting. I mean, it wasn't, we didn't go crazy. I don't think we had any penetration or anything of that sort. Um, But I do remember at one point, we became aware of the fact that there was police or some sort of security guard sort of patrolling the parking lot, you know, because there was these like moving lights off in the distance and we all quickly had to like, lower ourselves <laughs> and try to hide so that it just looked like an empty car. Of course, that's when I realized that all of the windows were completely covered in steam. <laughs> and I, so if that wasn't a dead giveaway, I don't know. Um, but nobody came by and bugged us, so we were able to sort of finish our thing. Yeah, and it was interesting. It was That to me was really illuminating to be able to sort of mess around with a guy and mess around with a girl and sort of compare and contrast those two things. And even then, I definitely had a sense of, oh, when I'm messing around with a guy, this is a lot more interesting to me. I was a freshman in college, uh, Boston, and I was pretty adventurous, and I decided I was going to go to a gay bar, um, which I was totally too young to do, but somehow they let me in. I don't remember the name of the bar anymore, but I went there and was basically a wallflower. I was like standing up against the wall, like not knowing what to do. I didn't want to go buy a drink or anything like that. And this guy named Alan sort of came over and recognized that I was probably young and impressionable and fresh meat. And he um, picked me up, essentially, and basically said, do you want to come home with me? And I was like, okay. Um, so we, I got into his car and we drove to his place. He was 
um, he worked for a local grocery store chain called Star Market, where he was like in charge of the bakery section. Um, and you know, we're kissing, mess messing around. He throws me on his bed, and he starts to sort of, you know, start to go down there. You know, to you know, stick something in me. And I kind of had to stop him and say, "Hey, I have to confess something." And he's like, "What?" I said, "I've never really done this before." And that, and he got super delighted <laughs> and was like, "Ooh, confess, confess," and said, "Okay, I'll take it easy." And I was like, "All right." Um, and so then he slowly he penetrated me, which was excruciatingly painful. Like I remember literally like flinching in pain and like throwing him off me. Like no, don't do that. He's like no, 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 no. Just breathe. Just you can handle it. Um, and ultimately, I did handle it. I can't say I really enjoyed it in the end. I mean, I knew what I was doing. I knew that that did happen. I just hadn't done it yet. Um, so I wanted to experience it. Um, so I kind of just like gritted my teeth and grinned and bare it and got through it all. He tried at least to take it slow. In retrospect, I mean, you know, some spit or lube would have been nice, maybe. <laughs> I don't, you know, yeah. And he was also about 10 years older than I was. So I think he just was really turned on by the fact that he was essentially taking somebody's virginity. Um, we dated casually for that fall semester, I think. And then I kind of just ghosted. I kind of just stopped being in touch with him. But yeah, we went out on several dates. I remember going to a holiday party with him where I basically was his like, you know, arm candy. And I think everyone was just like, wow, you're robbing the cradle, aren't you, Alan? <laughs> This was kind of recent, actually. Um, I was, you know, engaging with a gentleman who was pretty well endowed, um, which I like. Um, and I was, you know, I was going down on him and he was getting close to coming. And I swear in the moment just before he, he, he ejaculated, like his dick grew even like three more inches longer. <laughs> and it was down my throat and it literally gagged me and I threw up all over his dick. Um, Cause it had nowhere to go. Um, and he completely wasn't aware that I had just thrown up on his dick. And so like the second I did, I like pulled my head away and was like, uh, and he kept trying to shove my head back on it to like clean it up. And I'm like, no, no. He's like, come on, come on. And I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm not going to like suck on my own vomit right now. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I just threw up on you. And he's like, no, you didn't. That's just come. And I'm like, darling, you didn't come that much. Um, it was kind of disgusting. It was really, really disgusting and mortally embarrassing to just, you know, throw up on someone's penis, you know? He was a good sport. He kind of just laughed it off and, you know, got yeah. up and cleaned himself off. But yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> My best move in bed. I mean, I generally bottom a lot and I'm told that I have, I'm told from lovers that I have a pretty aggressive taint. Like, there's the, ability to sort of squeeze and contract and do some sort of internal contractions that just kind of send people wild and crazy. Um, I don't even know quite how I do it other than just sort of regular strong breathing. Um, but I think that's probably my specialty. And, um, you know, when it comes to being a bottom, I, whatever position, I'm like game, you know, up, down, in, out, you know, 
on it, underneath it. It's it's all good. It's all fun for me. I like group sex, at least, you know, two other people, which is, I guess, fitting, considering that my very first time having sex was with two other people. Um, so my favorite thing is basically to suck on a dick while getting fucked. And um, I like being on my back and, um, you know, sort of my legs up in the air, kind of. And I like someone else just sort of like hovering over me and this like cock and balls just sort of like slapping in my face or, you know, just kind of dipping in and out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. That's really hot. Here's what I like about threesomes. A, there's always at least two things you can be doing. You can have something happening to you, but then you can also be doing something to somebody else. So I like that, you know, that, 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 that duality, being able to like give and receive at the same time. Um, in general, I make a choice to have threesomes with two people that I'm into, right? If I'm not really into one of them, it, it doesn't work so well. Um, I definitely am gonna it, make a point to sort of spread my attention around. So if for like the last five minutes, it's just been me and this one guy predominantly doing something, then I generally try to like give him a pause and focus on the other one. Um, and then otherwise you just kind of put yourself in a position where you're kind of open in a lot of ways, in a lot of angles to people sort of, you know, going places. So I definitely like to be, throw myself kind of like right in the middle um, of that whole scenario. And, and, uh, and definitely, you know, making out, I feel, is a really important part of, of a threesome, making sort of that, that strong passionate connection with, with, with someone and then sharing that with another person and then all three of you together, for example. Um, and that sort of like gets us in the, into the same place and sort of trusting each other. Um, and then from there, you know, you just sort of get playful and, and let it happen. You know, I often have sex with couples, you know, men who are together, uh, married or, or, or whatnot. Um, and so I find that super hot just to sort of see how they engage with each other on a regular basis. I think I, I put a lot of pressure on myself early to sort of lose my virginity, to sort of explore the whole sexual world because it seemed like that's what everybody was doing or that's what I was supposed to do. And um, while I don't think I had sex too early or anything of that sort, um, I think I had my early sex was for the sake of having sex, not because it was um, pleasurable or I was turned on by it or I was really you know into that person. So I think I would probably tell myself to, it's okay to slow down, you know, it's okay to wait, it's okay to, um, you know, make a choice to go to a sexual place when you want to, not because you feel like you have to. And we're back here with Tyler. We're going to talk about Pete's interview that we just heard. There was a lot of great topics in there, especially... Fourth grade learning about blowjobs. <laughs> uh, just blow on it. Right? This is actually something I've heard in other interviews where kids would use the term blowjob but not have any idea what it meant. Blowjob. <laughs> do you know, do you really know what that means? Or are you just, a blowjob is when you put a penis in your mouth. Right. Not when you blow on the penis. Yeah. Somebody's going to be getting a weird blowjob and giving <laughs> weird blowjobs until they're later in life and they figure out, Oh, wait, that's not how you do it. <laughs> oh, my bad. Sorry. In my interview, 
in episode three, I describe learning about sex from a babysitter who convinced me that you could have sex through your fingertips. And I just, I, I believed that for a couple of years after that, because I had no idea. And I, I feel touch like you and we just had sex or I, something. Yes. I thought that you could like have some kind of intercourse oh, through your fingertips. I see your fingers touching. You got pregnant. <laughs> but my point is that like kids will believe anything because they this don't know true. any better. And if they're misinformed, they often don't have people to go to to actually ask what the real deal is. But why would you not believe, like, your peers or your parents of, like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, blowjob is this. Or, like, if you're learning it through your friends, you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, my friends seem smart. They know know what two plus two is. Yeah. Well, also, there's the sort of pride issue with kids. Like, oh, yeah, sure, I know what that means. Absolutely. I'm cool. Didn't even think about that part of it. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What what, what age were you when you first learned what a blowjob was? I found my dad's pornos and stuff like that, but I had the birds and the bees talk way early. Mm -hmm. Like, I was... I don't even remember what I was doing exactly, but... Something happened. Well, he was bringing over his um, girlfriends and his girlfriends or whatever, and they were having sex, and I kept walking in he had to give me the birds and the bees talk right this is what's going on and then i guess i didn't know what birds and the bees i just knew that he was trying to make a little brother or a little sister so i guess i still got the same generic make a baby talk but then when i started finding his porno tapes under um under the vhs system and plugging those into mine and watching those it's like i knew what a blowjob was i just didn't know it was called a blowjob right i just knew you put your penis into little blonde porn star's mouth and (laughs) just hold on to the pigtails and thrust. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess I watched, I watched videos and got to learn through VHS. This is what it is. I don't have to learn from print media. I can learn from video and I can actually get a visual aid. I guess now you can just Google blowjob. I think for a long time, I didn't really understand that like sex could be recreational. Well, often it's described to us by adults as purely a reproductive act. This is a mommy and a daddy mm -hmm. making a little brother. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's just something we have to do. Yes. So my dad um, described the birds and the bees. He was way more in depth, but like our, our relationship was that. Like my parents divorced early, like when I was three. And then I had my dad um, who was dating again and going back out. But my mom was like already like in a monogamous relationship with her, her new partner, Mark. Um, but my dad was just going out new girl every week, new girl every month, just changing them out in and out. So I obviously got curious and started asking questions. He was never really, he would never hold back and he would always give me more information than I needed. Blowjobs. He would tell me about like, Oh yeah, you can do that. That's kind of fun. Oh wow. Um, he definitely would tell me what positions or stuff like it was going on with really some of his partners and stuff like that. I remember a story. Um, he woke up with morning wood. The girl that he was seeing at the time was holding on to his dick and he's like, I got you now. And that was one of my favorite stories. And <laughs> I don't know why it was a favorite story, but it's just a story of like my dad getting his dick grabbed by the girl and says like, I got you now. I'm just playing with his hard penis. Did you appreciate his, his candidness at the time? Oh God, no. No, you were embarrassed by it? I was very embarrassed by sex, and I didn't really care for sex that much at the beginning. Um, But I also think that has a little bit to do with other background stories that we can definitely dive into later. But Mm -hmm. sex wasn't always a very fun thing, which I guess is kind of what Pete said. Pete really had quite a first time. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the first time in the car, first time with Alan. Well, both. I think, yeah, it sounded like the, the threesome in the car was a lot of fun. It did sound like a fun. That's kind of why I chose the the lunchtime poll for this episode was what's the most unique place you've had sex? Because, like, to have had sex for the first time in a threesome in a public space that's a lot to unpack that is that's ballsy that's <laughs> good on you pete good job yeah bravo and it sounds like it was a really positive experience in terms of allowing him both options yeah, at the same time great way to kick tires and figure it out <laughs> hey and get a play around over here get a play around a little bit over here yeah get a play with soft supple Nipples and titties. Mm-hmm. Ooh, get to play with some balls and Thunderdome in my face. <laughs> but his first time with anal sex doesn't sound like it was that great. It didn't sound like he was... Uh, it sounded like that was the big breath of pause of like, hey, I've never done this before. Maybe we can just take a break. Yeah. And it proceeded anyway. Yeah. Especially after he's like, hey, this is my first time i have never done this before mm-hmm. oh great yeah big eyes yeah i'm gonna take advantage of that hole no come on bring it down a little bit what surprises me about the whole scenario is that yeah this guy was more experienced he should have known better with a first older. timer yeah. he was, with a first timer like pete he needed to have been more prepared and more patient I've broken in a butt or two in my my career, mm. um, and I am proud to say that I think both times I got pretty good reviews as to how patient I was and how how informing I was about the process. This is gonna hurt. This, this is yeah. gonna be uncomfortable. Please say stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it it does take a lot of um, thought. And preparation. It's not something I tackle on a daily basis. I, <laughs> I uh, used to like to say that uh, I don't have a starter dick. <laughs> you don't start here. You start somewhere else and then you find me. Okay, okay. That, uh, that's good to know. Well, I feel like... <laughs> Everybody else knows now. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good point, though. Like, you have to know what's going to be gotta, a good yeah. introduction. Like, I feel like a dildo would be a good way to start. See, or just a finger. I, li- I like the finger, but I mean, if you remember from my episode, I used a, I used a uh, um, drumstick. That's right. Tried the drumstick and didn't do the finger. And I put on a yourself. Condom, yeah. And on myself, trying it out. Let's see what this feels like and not recommendable. Don't try a drumstick. Yeah. It's not good. I'm curious, when you were fucking all these bottoms your first year... Did you get any information from them as to how to prepare and what they do? Nothing. Like, most yeah. of it was like, hey, it was Craig's. It was legit Craigslist. So it was very low. Let's not talk to each mm-hmm. other. Don't talk to me. Don't mm-hmm. reach back out to me. Yeah. I'm going to have sex with you now. And they just assumed I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I came over, started fucking. Like, I, they probably had prepared before you got there. All the people that I was I, I was having sex with were experienced, maybe a little bit older than me. I mean, I was 20, 21, so I was not really... Yeah. I wasn't that old. And then the people that I was having sex with around, I were around, like, 30s and stuff like that. So I was definitely into, like, the older crowd when I first started. Okay. I think what makes me most sad about hearing scenarios like Pete is that it makes people's first impression of anal sex negative. And it, it, it turns them off of it. And often it'll take 
years before people feel comfortable about attempting it again. Yeah. And and I feel like if pe- more people had more information about what to do and how to prepare and also how to be patient with an a bottom that's not as um you know not as practiced not, not as, as experienced not as yeah. experienced then we would all be better off but it just it make, yeah it makes me sad when when i hear about tops th- that are not patient you well, know i think he's also his kink it sounded like his kink was more of the virgin top yeah and he's he was breaking he was breaking yes. virgin ground and popping that cherry and yeah that was his thing and then he they ended up dating afterwards but also for pete it sounds like he's not afraid of bottoming because right. he's now predominant bottom yeah at but least i grabbed that so at least he didn't get scared mm-hmm. off even from his first experience but i do know some people are like yeah you're you're not t- don't touch my butt i did experiment early with anal one or two times it was not fun but it wasn't until the summer after my freshman year of college i had a boyfriend in that summer and he was older and very patient and very willing to walk me through the different stages and i actually started to enjoy it and i feel like if i hadn't met him and he hadn't been that patient i probably still would be reticent to to try it so i feel like we all need that very godfather bottom saints (laughs) and the little like Disney uh, birds and, and woodland <laughs> creatures can come and help us out. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something you said earlier reminded me too that it's not just a patient top who's willing to walk you through the stages. I think you really have to mentally be in the place where you finally yes. want to just get pounded. Yep. Like if, if you're only halfway convinced, it's yeah, still not enough. Out. You really need to be 100% on board with just like... You want balls slapping on your ass. You really have to really want that. You and, and, need to get into it. And I think part of finally knowing that that's what you want is knowing that you'll have a partner who's going to take care of you. You know, and yeah. and if you don't have both of those things working in tandem, then it's probably it's not going to be a very good yeah. experiment. Um, and you're probably going to not like it and not want to try it for a long time after that. When you're more practiced. It's not as big a deal, I guess. It's true. So if you get, so if everybody listening gets a new bottom or a new top and just, hey, take that moment. Hey, mm-hmm. are you ready for this? Yeah. Pour them a glass of wine. Have a good night. Not to, not <laughs> to belabor the issue, but I, I would like to ask you what your method is when you top. Because I feel like sometimes as gay men, we don't go into that detail and sometimes people want to know. Like, I'll just tell you what I do, which is that. I'll usually play with his ass some. I feel like a lot of the times we just want to get to the main event and there's no opening act. You've got to have foreplay. you got to have, especially with ass fucking. There's I'm fingers. I love okay. the fingers. I like to play. I like I like to eat an ass before I go down yes. on it. Or But it also changes with the partner that I'm with. But right now, just yeah. fingers down there. I really want to put my fingers and just start warming up that ass. But that just, helps. It really does. Getting it loose, getting it stretched, getting it used to mm-hmm. getting ready to get a little bit of thrust, a little bit of pleasure. Yeah. Um, do you do more than one finger? Yeah, I try to get in there. I try <laughs> to get in there as much as I can. If I can get them three in there, I'm like, yeah. Uh, and I have sausage fingers. You do have meaty fingers. <laughs> I hope you take your ring off. Uh, it's silicon. It <laughs> goes right in. We'll get it back later. <laughs> no, I take my ring off. Um, but yeah, just fingering that prostate trying to get in there play with that booty hole as much as you can yes blow jobs i love to warm up and like really just start on that whole entire lower section maybe yes start making out 
hit the nipples, go down south, hit that little Adonis line, then get right there onto the penis and just go to town for a little bit, then flip them over and eat that ass. And mm-hmm. then finger, 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 finger. Yeah. Mm. I think that the, the, the key here is preparation. Mm-hmm. And, and Foreplay and is foreplay. half of the battle. Like You've got to get through that foreplay just to make it happen. So this is my method, yeah. which is similar to yours. Um, yeah, lots of kissing and, and nibbling of different areas. And then when like the pants come off, I definitely will start with blowjobs. But what I find is always gets a great reaction is if you, when you're giving the blowjob, you also uh, get your fingers wet and or just like spit so that it runs down in mm-hmm. near the asshole oh, so that you can going. start to... Oh, yeah you start to finger them while you're giving them the blowjob. That always gets a good response. And I feel like it, it prepares them for something more. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting ready to do the business. And yes. now that you're used to it and you're getting that asshole opened up a little bit. Mm. And you can feel it loosen. I feel like that's really important too with your fingers you or your mouth. Or your mouth. If like, you're but sometimes them. you're not going to get as much of the sensation. Like if you're putting that finger in there and then you can feel that it's squeezing down on there and then all of a sudden it just loosens up yeah. and then you're just like oh wait i'm a little bit further in yes. you oh wait i'm a little bit further in you and, <laughs> and you're like Ugh. ding 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 it's I know ready it's, i know it's ready <laughs> so yeah um oh yeah of course eating ass is also a great way to loosen up and also a great way to like put more lubricant down there with spit must have you must have lubricant yeah no, no dry fucking no and once the main event is uh, about to take place, like I'll always want to supplement the spit with more actual lubricant. You have to. I mean, I have I, to at least. I get people like to just use spit, but I, for me, it's not enough. It's, even if I'm the top. Mm-hmm. No, there's sometimes it's just spit is just enough. Really? Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Just a lot of spitting in there, and then when you have a little bit of extra spit, then you spit it right in their mouth. <laughs> mm. Hold it open, hold their mouth open, spit in there. Mm. Yeah, so no, that's good. that's very hot. I guess for me, it's just I I don't trust that the spit's gonna last long enough. Oh well, and then you also have to pre come, I guess, too, and I'm usually probably at that point just yeah a fountain at that point, just like hey, <laughs> we're wet, we're gonna go down on, on you now. Okay, wow, that's a bonus. Oh yeah, sorry. I guess I don't pre come that much. Oh, that's sad. I'm comfortable using. Uh, the lube. I'll use lube too, but I just I already have that natural lubricant and plus spit. But then I'll also, when I use lube, sometimes it just adds that extra sensation of yeah. Oh. The point being, there needs to be a lot of play and loosening up before oh, yeah. the main event. The other necessary requirement, though, is that your partner really wants to get fucked. Just to complete the whole. <laughs> I love that we're going into such specifics. So, um, just as a a uh, piece of advice to our listeners. What is your preferred starting out position for fucking somebody? Which position actually physically? Just for starting out. Just for starting out? Because it literally depends. Because sometimes yeah. I like... I'm, my husband, I like to put him on the counter sometimes. Okay. Okay. Well, that's nice. So on his back. On his back. Yeah. The reason I'm asking this is because my preference is to do all of the preparation while they're on their back. Because I feel like that's where people are most And they can relaxed. open up better. Yeah. They can open up better and then start fucking them there. And then go to town and do all the fun stuff. But that's kind of I get my it. entry point, um, so to speak. Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a go to starter. It, it, it depends on the mood and it depends <laughs> on where we started fucking if we were outside, inside. Right. Um on their back is nice. That would be a good starting point. Mm-hmm. But sometimes face down is such a better starting point, too. Like 
doggy style, you mean? Or yeah, not 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 just fucking that way, just like eating your ass, like bend you over, yes. push you down, mm-hmm. with consent, of course, and yeah. then eating that ass. Oh yeah, well, starting that way, not even no makeout, mm-hmm. skip the makeout, just mm-hmm. eat the ass, and then just go primal. Yes, Thunderdome right into the booty. I, I think it's easier sometimes for bottoms to get fucked from behind as a as a entry. Like, Everything's opened it, up it, that way. It's it's more yeah. I guess when you fucked the guy in the alleyway, you must have fucked him from behind. From behind, yeah. bent over. So that was the easier That's position easier. for that. Yeah. But then I guess when I'm bottoming, I don't know. I definitely like the one leg over mm. behind the head kind of thing from the side. Yeah. I like that for one for yourself. For myself, and then mm. I definitely like on my back. I think that's easiest for me. That's easy, yeah. I'm not an experienced bottom. It's okay. You have time. I do okay. You have time. <laughs> Depends on the, <laughs> the situation. You have to be ready and willing. Yes. Wow, I feel like I've learned so much about your technique now. You have very good uh, advice. I think maybe we could have our own separate advice podcast. We could. They fucking. could call in and ask. <laughs> you mentioned Pete's uh, three-way is now going into couples and married mm-hmm. uh, men and watching them. And that was like a really yeah. kind of nice. And that was in beginnings part of my sexual escapades after the Navy. I definitely had my share of married men and it was a very fun thing and very fun time. So you would hook up with couples. two married men. Yep. Couple guys. And then I wasn't, I didn't have that rule of being into both of them. So I definitely would find myself mm. gravitating towards one person. But when I did find myself doing that, I would, quickly like shit the partner's gonna get a little pissed and we're not gonna be able to do this anymore so definitely play with the partner but that would have made it a lot easier yeah hey be into both of the people Mm -hmm. so you can goof around a little bit more and longer but i definitely enjoyed watching two partners going at it and the way that they can get each other erect and yeah get each other going they just know which button to push real quick and they're just like yeah right there and ready to go and i'm like oh yeah this is great no preheating either Right. There, you don't need preheating. The husband <laughs> did all the work for you, and you're like, yep. What role do you usually take when you're in a three-way? Attention whore. <laughs> like, you're 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 the center. I'm not here all the time. You guys have each other, <laughs> like, 365. It's like, this is my time. You guys are paying attention to me. You brought me in for a reason. One of you thought I was cute, or both of you. Attention right here. Well, at least you're, you're honest about it. I... Yeah, no reason to lie about that one. I was, I'm usually in the middle, yeah, getting all the attention. I was like, if I'm not doing one thing, that's one thing Pete said. Uh, there's in a threesome. There's always something to do or in group sex. There was always somewhere to be going. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I totally agree with and mm-hmm. identify with. I was like, I always was like, I was never busy or I was never bored or like looking yeah. for something to do. It was like presenting itself in my face or in my butt or yeah. two people going down on my nipples. And I'm just like, mm, this is perfect. I, I like threesomes because they're a little more improvisational because you, you, it's a little hard to predict what two other people are going to do or not do. I get what, yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit more, it's kind of like being at an amusement park. Uh, I like to be in the middle and I like it if both partners are playing with my nipples or mm. doing something. And then you have one playing with your cock and one fingering your asshole. Yeah. So that's also a good jumping off point too, like yeah, but like trust and knowing, knowing your partners and having that ability to read the room and be able to insert yourself, yeah, literally and figuratively into the moment. <laughs> well, thank you, Tyler. Thank you for having I feel me. Feel like I've learned so much today. Oh, too much. Now the world knows. <laughs>
Hope your husband's going to be okay with this. Sorry, honey. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll uh, catch you next time, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. See ya, Fruit Bowl. Bye. Bye. Well, it was inevitable. Due to quote-unquote community standards, Facebook and Instagram have made it nearly impossible for us to promote Fruit Bowl via official pages and paid posts most likely because our podcast is for mature audiences. Thanks, Mark Fuckerberg. So we have to rely more on word of mouth. If you're enjoying Fruit Bowl, please tell a friend and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This really helps our program get recommended more. Other platforms that are more welcoming to our sexy content include Twitter and Patreon, where for a small monthly subscription fee, you can hear podcasts before they're posted publicly, along with exclusive outtakes from interviews and co-hosting sessions. I also post behind-the-scenes photos and production journals from places like San Francisco and New York City. This winter, I'm planning on visiting Los Angeles and possibly Austin, Texas. So if you or anyone you know of might be interested in being interviewed in places like LA or Austin, please reach out to me via Twitter or our email portal at fruitbowlpodcast.com and let me know if you'd like to arrange an interview. Soon we'll be wrapping up Season 1 and jumping right into Season 2, which will feature an expanded list of questions that go into even more detail and cover a wider range of subjects from an even more diverse group of interviewees, including... Drumroll, please. Our first lesbian interview. So I hope you'll come along on our journey. And once again, thank you so much for listening. This has been a Fruit Bowl production. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit fruitbowlpodcast.com. <laughs>